Hi, and welcome to WOW Talk. I'm Donna Capacity, a thriving cancer survivor. And I'm her naturopathic doctor, Darlene Gustin. We're here to encourage, educate, and empower you on your journey to optimum wellness. And today, we are going to talk about how food is medicine. Absolutely. So, so this is old news in the history of medicine. This has been the father of medicine was talking about how food is really where health should come from. And, and the longer I'm in practice, the more I realize how complicated and how individual nutrition can be, but also how powerful. And I often tell my patients, you can have food allergies and they can go away. You can have food sensitivities and they can go away. But something like blood type is forever. Yes. So the more I know about a patient, the more layers I know. Each appointment, I get more specific about which foods are ideal for you. Yes. And sometimes it's condition specific. So if patients have a certain health condition, there will be some foods that really stand out as highly beneficial or highly harmful. I was just going to say, or the opposite, correct? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So for instance, we know that with autoimmune diseases, especially something like thyroid, that patients diagnosed with thyroid conditions are 20 times more likely to be found to have a gluten sensitivity. So when you eat gluten, it damages the thyroid. Wow. Okay. And it's something that you may not feel, right? And, um... And other times, for instance, let's stay with the topic of thyroid. Okay. I find on a lot of patients' hair mineral analysis that they are missing selenium, manganese, zinc, copper. And you can select foods that doesn't always have to be a supplement that have a very high amount of a certain nutrient. For instance, it's very important for the thyroid hormone production to have sufficient selenium in the body. And many patients are deficient. So I often recommend that they eat an average of two Brazil nuts per day to get a serious increase of selenium in their nutrient intake in a day. Okay. Is that a mineral? Mineral. Correct. It is. Okay. Mm -hmm. Wow. All right. Yeah. And that's a nice, easy fix. Excuse me if you ask me. Super easy. And, And then also let's stay with thyroid that a lot of patients are deficient in iodine these days Mm -hmm. and Depending how deficient they are, I might say, take some iodine as a supplement and also go and start to buy dried seaweed products and increase increase them in your cooking. Okay, that's a great idea. Yeah. 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 So, um, so with food, there are certain also periods of life. For instance, if you're going through growth spurts as a child or if you're pregnant, different stages of pregnancy have different nutritional needs. So nutrition is a work in progress. It's always different. So what should you eat if you're training for a marathon is a different meal plan than what you should eat when you're not. Mm -hmm. Even food choices should vary seasonally. So in the summertime, I phase out as many supplements as possible and encourage people to eat what's in season, where they live, tree ripened raw if possible i was just going to ask you about raw yeah versus cooked yeah okay 
So for us Canadians, we don't want a huge amount of cold raw food in the winter. So in Chinese medicine, that injures the spleen. And naturally, intuitively, do you feel like having watermelon at Christmas time? Yeah, not at all. Just no. the thought of it makes me feel cold. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, so just how you know, I was thinking of Thanksgiving. You don't want the watermelon at Thanksgiving either. What do you want at Thanksgiving? You want cinnamon. Yes. You want cloves. You Warm. want something warms you up. Something yes. ginger, right? Yes. Yes. And then the next thing you know, it's July, and we're getting thirty-five Celsius, and yes. now we want watermelon. And cherries. Exactly. And peaches, yes, right? Yes. So so food can vary seasonally. And if you just listen to your body, you'll you'll see that it uh, those natural cravings usually match up with what they should be doing. Does it make a difference depending on the climate you live in or not really? That's a good question. So depends how far back you go in the literature. Okay. And in Canada, a lot of us are immigrants. So I live in Canada. Should I eat like a Croatian? Right? Now, the good thing is that Europe and Canada, they both have summers and winters. Yes. But as a Croatian and as a blood type B, I know that for myself, I need some meat. I I don't feel the same. I, I've tried to go through periods of time that I'm more plant-based and it's fine and I'll do the I'll alternate back and forth mm -hmm. it's almost like a cleanse yeah me too and you can um you can answer that question based on should I answer based on my genetics that every generation before me ate like a Croatian but I was born in Canada mm -hmm. so how do I eat so I eat both ways right okay yeah very interesting yeah, yeah. so yeah. what about uh spices in food yeah, they're very medicinal. There's a whole art to using herbs and spices in foods, a lot of them centering around maximizing the digestion. And um, and they're best it's used in a raw state. So if you can grow your own herbs and just pluck them out of the garden and throw them in the salad, that would be great. Once again, I do that in the summer, yeah. <laughs> summer months. Yeah, so we can only do so much of that where we live. And uh, a lot of patients ask for IgG tests. So IgG is what's also called a food sensitivity versus there's another part of the immune system that's called IgE. So IgE reactions to foods are the traditional allergic reactions that are symptomatic shortly after eating the food. It always reacts the same way. And the reaction is so closely following the consumption of the food that you don't usually need to test because you know that wine gives you migraines and milk gives you diarrhea. Yes. But it's the other part of the immune system that's IgG reactions. Those are delayed reactions. So you could have a problem with the food and it can be 100% silent or you could react 30 minutes to four days after eating the food. And I always do that test on people who have autoimmune diseases because we want to reduce any stimulation of the immune system, unnecessary stimulation okay. due to allergens or infections to do damage control, to not allow the immune system to have long, strong attacks on the target organs. So like with thyroid. Right? Yes. 
yep. you might have, you might be one of those people, big chance that you're one of those people who should avoid gluten and maybe dairy and maybe eggs. Those are the top three popular ones. And, um, and you don't feel it. So we, we often check so that people have that list because it's like a fingerprint. It's highly, highly individual to that person. Yeah, that I find really interesting. <laughs> really, really interesting. I had Graves disease at one point. I was treated for it. It came and it went and it's been in remission now for a number of years. But to hear you point those things out, I do eat gluten and I do eat eggs and, uh, and dairy and I don't feel anything. But who knows? Like that is something I should be much more aware of. Yeah. I, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Huh. And with IgG reactions, the list can change. Mm -hmm. So if we did the test and it said that you have very high reactivity to dairy, sometimes all it takes is a dairy vacation and you can bring the food back at lesser frequency. So when the test comes back and it says, oh, you should score less than 20, but you have 100 IgGs to cow's milk, I would say... Take six weeks of dairy-free, and then before we start, write down how much were you having dairy. Okay. So were you having a quarter of a cup in your coffee every day? Were you having half a cup in your cereal every day? So you write that down. If I eat half a cup a day, I score 100. Then you go on a dairy vacation, and when you reintroduce the food, you don't go back to half a cup a day. Okay. You yeah. maybe have it once every fourth day. And that four days, I actually really mean four days. So when people have food reactions, whether it's a, a blood type reaction or an immune reaction, the most that you can get away with reintroducing a food would be to allow that harmful food up to once every four days. Okay. And the reasoning behind that is because of the turnover rate of the intestinal lining. So the longest a food could hurt you would be four days. So at least recover from Monday's bread before you eat it again on Friday. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know it could affect you for four days. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Wow. And sometimes... If we talk about other conditions, a lot of women get bladder infections and it's now common knowledge yes. to drink cranberry juice. So the cranberry juice helps because it's an anti-adherence property of the cranberry juice. It makes the inside of the bladder more moist. Oh, okay. So the bacteria detach. So it helps in that way. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Or... Silly tricks like drinking baking soda. Like you can't drink baking soda every day forever. No. But cranberry juice. But you're talking the pure cranberry juice, right? Not the cranberry cocktail that has the sugar. Right, right. Yeah. So so we're talking the really potent concentrated cranberry juice. And you don't have to drink it straight. You can dilute it. You can dilute it, yes. And is it as effective to take the little capsules? I've seen those too. Yes, they do work, especially if you buy them from a better company. But I always like to, if the food works, I'd rather use the food. I agree. Yeah. 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 And um, and then, you know, talking about milk, sometimes if you are having um, a cough and it's very phlegmy or a very runny head cold and there's a lot of mucus, you would want to avoid mucus-forming foods at that time. 
So that week that you have the cold, you are not being benefited by having dairy or peanuts or bananas. These are mucus-forming foods. So there's all little clusters of foods um, that you know are related to each other different ways. And then another very popular food group is called the nightshades. The nightshades are tomatoes, potatoes, eggplant, peppers, and tobacco. Random little uh, yeah, a little add-on there. And uh, I've I've noticed that a lot of my patients who are blood type A are also Italian, and I'm constantly telling the Italians to stop eating the tomatoes and the eggplants, right? I know our favorite things, course, <laughs> pretty much. Right? Oh my gosh! Yeah. So yeah, why? Because so, of the arthritis, right? Does right, it, right. Yeah, but yeah. also blood type A people, they are also not designed to have a high amount of those same nightshade foods. But with arthritis, especially rheumatoid arthritis, um, it can promote a dramatic amount of inflammation to be eating these foods. And every year in August, I get this big influx of patients who suddenly have joint pains come back that had been fine all winter and summer. And, and for about two weeks in August, the number of times I say, have you been eating tomatoes? Have you been eating tomatoes? And that's uh, the time to eat them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when they're at their prime. But uh, I see a big connection. I just remind people because they forget. Yes. They get all excited by tomato season. And, I know. Yeah. So many of us grow them in our gardens and they're yep. so lovely then. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's hard to leave a recommendation for the listeners because the answers would be so individual. Sure. That to know which food is medicine. Well, I need to know you first. Who are you? What are your vulnerabilities in your health? What is your blood type? What is your lifestyle these days? What are your exaggerated nutritional needs at the moment? Are you having a growth spurt? Are you training for a marathon? Are you pregnant? How pregnant are you? Are you on medication? So, so the best way to know which food are the medicine for you is to have a better understanding of your status. And then that becomes the roadmap. And then you can start pointing to the foods or doing a test or two to... Um, to have more detail. Okay. All right. Lots to think about here. Yep. But a good start once again. One of my favorite topics. I could talk about food forever. Yes. <laughs> well, we will have to do another episode on this. For and, sure. Uh, and hopefully we'll hear from you before then. To our, our listeners, we would love to hear any questions you may have, any suggestions, uh, any of your stories. By all means, please share them with us. Please leave your comments. And we thank you once again for listening. Have a healthy day. Bye for now. Bye.